This episode of Horror Movie Talk is brought to you by NAASC. The National Association of Satanic Cultists Legal Defense and Education Fund, Incorporated, is America's premier legal organization fighting against religious discrimination. Through litigation, advocacy, and public education, NAASC seeks structural change to expand democracy, eliminate disparities, and establish Lord Satan's kingdom on earth to fulfill the promise of tasty, tasty infant Christian blood. The National Association of Satanic Cultists also defends the gains and protections won over the past 2,000 years of religious rights struggle and works to improve the quality and diversity of judicial and executive appointments. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Hey, hey, hey. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Your panel of expert hosts each week are me, Dr. Bryce Hansen. I hold a PhD in spookology. And across from me sits... David? David? David, what is this? Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. David? David? New theatrical releases always get priority here, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. And now we've just got like an impacted ass full of <laughs> theatrical releases coming out, you know, an impacted ass full. Yeah. Yeah. They're just coming out every week, pretty much. Yeah. Banger after banger. I mean, well, maybe not total banger, but you know, right. reasonable movie after reasonable movie. Right. I don't think. The other the other one that I was really looking forward to was Candyman 2, but I don't know if that's... I think that's coming uh, later in... I, 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 or not Candyman 2, I guess the, 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 the Candyman reboot, reboot yeah. Uh, or the remake. Uh, I think that's hitting around November, question mark? Okay. I think so, uh, we've got a great episode today. We'll be reviewing the newest horror movie on the block, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. So, if you're new to the show, the first thing you need to know is that we have the coolest community of fans ever, and they're just the best, most nicest people. So check us out on Facebook, our Facebook group. It contains all those said fans. Also uh, like our Facebook page. Is my mic on? I can't hear me almost at all. Yeah, it's on. Uh, I mean, think, here, I'm going to, you continue, I will adjust my headphones. Okay. Yeah, join our Facebook group and Facebook page and all the things. You can find links to everything on our website at horrormovietalk.com. Uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts specifically if you have it. Um, coming up this Saturday is our second Saturday watch party. Oh, boy. And... Uh, <laughs> y'all, y'all haven't been in attendance. You're making me wonder whether it's worth it or not. David has... Is starting to show wear and tear around Second Saturday Watch Party. So you better join. Yeah, that's right. David, Dad's poor right now. We're poor. That event's on Facebook, and you can RSVP. Um, other social channels, we got Twitter, we got Instagram, but the, our favorite new one is Twitch, and David is doing a lot of Twitch streaming. 
lately. Also getting kind of lonely over on Twitch. I don't know. <laughs> everybody, everybody showed up for the first little bit. Now it's just me and Walter and uh, and uh, and um, uh, Shabby and and sometimes uh, Elizabeth. See, that's still amazing to me at all. <laughs> like, so they they show up every time. See, the thing is, the thing is, people like to see me scared. Uh, while I play scary games, and I just at some point I just I, w- I was playing some fucking game and I was uh, Outlast or something like that, and I was just so fucking afraid. I was uh, I just was like I just had this moment where I was like I'm not fucking doing this. This is so unpleasant. Like I'm I'm. <laughs> so you have to have you have to have me on those on those streams so that I can push you. Literally seconds away from shitting my pants, and I'm. <laughs> 37 almost so it's like i'm not gonna do this this is not fun for me i'm not gonna do it so i think i think the people got wind that the fact of the fact that i'm gonna play a bunch of regular games anyway anyway yeah i mean you or you could play i i could but I'm, I, I i'm scared to death of these games i have a feeling you wouldn't be uh probably not as much as you um i mean just watching you being affected by it. Like I, I'm not that affected by it. It's too much. It's too scary. Uh, <laughs> I still haven't installed my graphics card correctly. Oh, okay. Um, well, you could so, blame on that on the onboard. Anyways, uh, let's, let's move on. Um, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, we're going to be doing our voicemail later. Um, call us at 682-253-4468. And also, if you want to participate in the bodily exchange, bodily fluids exchange hotline. Got a few more on there. Yeah, you guys call call that. We need, we need a lot of bodily fluids, farts, burps, belches, queefs, any sounds you can make with your body, um, slurping, any of that. All that's welcome. Go ahead and... And call uh, the 252-228-4628. Uh, I really need to build up these bodily fluids before I can release them. So We're, we're all like waiting with bated, bated breath. <laughs> you better hold that bated breath. So, <laughs> uh, we'll start out by giving a brief review of the movie and a score. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being a miserable dredge that makes you angry. 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks. And 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And then later we'll be doing a couple bits. I am going to be playing the Conjuring Singers game. Oh. Conjuring Singers game? Yeah. Okay. Did you know that Patrick Wilson is a pretty well-known singer on Broadway? Is Patrick Wilson the uh, the steward of Gondor? No, he is. Oh, he's Vera Farmiga's husband. Yeah, he's Ed Warren. Ed Warren, yes. Okay, oh, he's a... uh... And there's lots of multi-talented people in the Conjuring universe, so we're going to play and see if you can recognize them versus people not in the Conjuring movies. Wow, it's it's almost as if you set me up to fail. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Always. And then we'll be checking our voicemail in a bit. We call horror movie whores. Whores. All right. So, again, we went and saw The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, and it's about what you would expect. Here's the trailer. The court accepts the existence of God every time a witness swears to tell the truth. 
I think it's about time they accept the existence of the devil. You okay there? Jesus. I think I hurt someone. In 1981, Arnie Johnson pled not guilty. We think this family was cursed. By reason of demonic possession. I am not going before a grand jury and saying he was possessed by demons. Whatever happened that day, that was not Arnie. Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, can be found in theaters now and streaming on HBO Max if you pay for that service. It was one of the uh, uh, simultaneous releases. One of one of the, I would say, three services that uh, I would recommend people actually pay for. Um, HBO Max, Shudder, and, uh, and Netflix. I, right. I really can get behind those. Amazon Prime every once in a while like really goes hard and with horror and i mean then, amazon and then they, then if you don't drop al- off if you don't already have prime um then i mean th- that's just kind of right it's just par for the course so the conjuring the devil made me do it or as i call it tctd double md is the <laughs> eighth movie in the conjuring cinematic universe or as i call it the ccu and the second direct sequel to the original conjuring and the fifth film in the series since anyone gave a fuck <laughs> Yeah, and, okay, so you, wait, so I missed the actual numbers there. This is the eighth. This is the eighth in the CCU. So, so let me, let me, let me kind of splay this out a little bit here. So we got Conjuring 1, 2, 3. This we is got, Conjuring 3. Yep, and then we got Annabelle 1, 2, 3, and then the the extraneous There's two Curse of La Llorona and Curse the Nun. La Llorona and the Nun, and that's, that's all eight films in the CCU. Yes. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And we've reviewed almost all the films that aren't The Conjuring. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, except for um, the second Annabelle, we've covered the whole CCU. I don't think we... Yeah, we haven't done the creation. No, wait. We did... We did one and three. We did the one which is the origin story, but not Annabelle creation. <laughs> we did one and three of Annabelle. We did La Llorona. We did The Nun. And now we're doing this. Uh, so we're this, doing it basically in reverse order. Right. Right. Almost. So all we have left to do is the second Annabelle and the Conjuring 1 and 2. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So in this entry, Ed and Lorraine Warren are performing an exorcism on the young David Glatzel boy, played by Julian Hilliard, 
when, oops, the demon is transferred over to Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, played by Ruiri <laughs> O'Connor. <laughs> R-U-I-A-I-R-E-I. There's a lot of vowels in there. Ruiri. <laughs> It was named by turning over one of those cow toys. <laughs> O'Connor. <laughs> poor, poor soul. Uh, he's doing okay. He's for doing himself, okay. I'm sure. After, okay, so it, the demon is transferred over to Arnie after he invites the demon to possess him instead. Arnie. <laughs> Everyone goes about their business like this didn't ha- just happen, and then Arnie commits homicide because, you guessed it, the devil made him do it. The Warrens rush to investigate the evil origins of the possession to convince the rubes on the jury in time to save Arnie from the death penalty. <laughs> so, that's the synopsis. Based uh, on a true story, Brad. Based on a true... All these are based on a true story. All of them based on a true story. Every single one of them. Yep. It's always impressive, like how, how like this is not the be. thinnest one. Like that, there's an actual you know case that's a basis of it. I'm sure like it doesn't have anything to do with it other than that. And like the exorcism in the beginning was based on you know from the files of Lorraine and Ed Warren, but the rest of them are like, well, there's a doll named Annabelle that exists, so it's based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> How much can you extrapolate based off of one thing and still call it based on a true story? There are people without parents that are actual orphans in the world, so it is based on a true story. <laughs> Touche. Um, okay, so, yeah, I'm a little torn on how to review this one. It's it's right in line with the other Conjuring movies. Um, this These movies hold a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Like, this is kind of the... Um, kind of the touchstone for a lot of people, especially of, you know, the later millennials, Gen Z. I think Conjuring is kind of like the the blockbuster franchise that defines horror. Yeah, the Zoomers love them some Sinister. They love them some Conjuring. They love them some uh, Insidious. And eating ass. So Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so none of these Conjuring movies are bad, uh, specifically in the main storyline, but none of, them, none of them are particularly great to me. I was relieved to see that it wasn't all based within one spooky Yuki house, so that was nice. That's that's kind of the the thing that I get tired about is like, okay, spooky house syndrome. Mm. It's just going to be, you know, a middle class family that lives in the darkest, <laughs> dankest house in the world. And it turns out to be haunted. Um, one of the things that gets annoying after a while with this movie is the repetitiveness of the setup, uh, specifically of Lorraine being psychic and Ed being worried. Yeah. Like, be careful, Lorraine. Are you worried that she's not going to be able to do it? No. I'm afraid she is. Cue the, cue the X-Files music. Yeah. It's like a lot of the screenwriting was specifically made to be put into a trailer <laughs> not much to actually push the storyline that much actually kind of onto something there that the i think that's what this movie kind of is is one big trailer yeah it's one big trailer yeah we'll get into it in the in the spoilers 
it's kind of a bait and switch, really, that trailer and the movie in terms of the actual plot. Man, they do, they're doing that shit so much now with yeah. trailers. They're like, you, what, you, you excited Which about is, this movie? Is yeah, going to be this one thing? You sure it's going to be this one? And then it's like something totally there. It's like it's like a documentary about how the Beatles came to fame. And you're like, I thought this was another Conjuring movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no. <laughs> the story is interesting enough. There is enough mystery, mystery and revelations over time that kept me engaged. Um, the special effects and scares were a little lackluster. I don't know if that's just me being trained for it for this franchise in particular, but no, I'm right there with you. Yeah, word and I was word. I was watching it in the ha- in my house. Too, it was so not, not better in theaters. I contrasted this. I watched it in theaters. Yeah. So I mean, you've seen most of it before. You got the demon possessed child or demon possessed children, evil rickety contortion, uh, rotted corpse ghosts, etc. Um, the one new element that was the most interesting that I wish they explored more was the satanic element, specifically playing into the '80s era satanic panic. It really is an interesting topic that would have been more interesting if they committed completely to it rather than just using it as a story device. Surprisingly, the whole premise of legally defending Arnie on the basis of demonic possession is barely touched on. I thought, oh, this could be kind of a cool uh, possession of Emily Rose right. sort yeah. of thing. Exactly. Where... If you're if you're expecting a courtroom drama, you'll be disappointed. It's not that at all. By the way, if you want one, go watch the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Right. Uh, well, very well done. Uh, juxtaposition of how I thought this was going to pan out. <laughs> right. Which is, you know, it's a, what do you say? If they did that, then it would be like, okay, well, they just remade Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah, but it would be something new for the Conjuring universe, which, in my opinion, and, and actually, this is something new for the Conjuring right. universe, but not, in in my opinion, in, in like, the most uh, interesting direction. It's a fine direction. It's just very predictable. and uh, yeah. They they picked the absolute safest way to depart from yeah mm-hmm. the conjuring tropes. and it, and not like there's so many things that I would choose to do uh, differently and yes uh, you know I am look uh, we're movie reviewers we re- review movies we have opinions they may not be right uh, but I but I do have opinions no they and, are and I'll voice them they are but I, we are the arbiter of truth for horror movies I there you go you know. there you go but um I, I'll tell you. Choosing to focus almost entirely on the Warrens is the most boring thing you could have possibly done uh, for this movie. Like, now we just have these kind of, like, hero, you know, protagonist versus bad guy. And it's just kind of a superhero movie. It is a differentiator that specifically with... And if there weren't already some Conjuring movies, it would be novel, but... It is kind of interesting to have two experts that supposedly aren't phased by this stuff. That they're like, they're not discovering it. Mm-hmm. They're not discovering and, and wondering, is this real? They're 100% like into it. They understand it. They have experience. So that adds a different element to these movies. But yeah, it does not make it super interesting after a while. Because if you don't have that person that's like, discovering it along with you it's not super interesting they have that a little bit because it's this is basically a mystery movie it's like yeah it's basically a thriller Mm -hmm. more than a horror movie 
Um, it's but, yeah. definitely a horror movie, though. Um, finish out finish out your last little bit here and, and pop us your score, and then I'll weigh in. So, I mean, all that being said, the movie as a whole is a, of high enough quality to be grouped in with the first Conjuring movies, um, which is a welcome relief after The Curse of La Llorona. That is true. Yeah. People people really shit it on The Nun, but I still think The Nun isn't terrible compared to Curse of La Llorona, which is a hot piece of garbage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Nun, I would, I would watch The Nun... Three times for every time that I had to watch The Curse of La Llorona. Um, so, and, I, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, score, um, I give it a 7 out of 10, but I'd say it's a high 7 out of 10. I go high 6. High lo- 6? Low 7. Yeah. Uh, that's right around where I'm, I'm feeling this movie. I don't disagree with anything you said. I really agree with a lot of the stuff you said, uh, but ha- the w- place where we differ is I... The Conjuring, the first movie, uh, blew my socks off. I was shook mm-hmm. after that movie, and I, I liked it a lot. And I liked the second one pretty good, too. I liked Annabelle pretty darn good. I liked the third Annabelle pretty darn good. I liked most of the Conjuring universe. Um, but this really feels... Uh, this kind of feels very mundane. It's one of those sequels that you wonder, are there people that are excited about The Conjuring? I was movies? pretty excited about it. I was pretty excited about it, but I feel like even the the makers of the movie are just like, all right, time they 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 shifted uh shifted into production mode yeah. and they're like, it's time to cash in. We're not trying anymore. Just Stick to the formula. I'll tell you what. A much more interesting couple of things they could have done with this could have made it like Emily Rose, a courtroom drama. Mm-hmm. They could have focused, in, instead of choosing to have the entire focus of the movie be on uh, Vera Farmiga and um, Patrick Wilson and our boy Patrick Wilson, they could have had it been on the bad guy, the bad gal. Yeah. That would have been so interesting and mm-hmm. so fucked up. Yeah. Like... The depths of depravity that this could have gone to mm-hmm. if if it had if if instead it had chosen to focus on the bad guy. In yeah, this. I feel like there was an intent to ramp it up to like increase the the like scope and stakes of the franchise. Yeah, and they way the way they did it was like eh, you focused on the wrong things. Right. Like you, you that that's my first like point in the spoilers that we'll talk about is how this movie blew its wad like immediately yeah and then it's like okay there's you don't you don't do a scene like that in the beginning with no build-up because it's just too over the top and yeah like okay yeah anyways um all that so, to say i totally agree totally yeah. agree with your score i uh and i mean that, that that's the thing like seven sixes like I'm happy to watch sevens mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah. Cause they're like the, the difference between watching a six and a five is like vast. Like if you watch like five fives in a row, it's soul numbing uh. just because it's like, okay, this is, it becomes a movie. I'll never forget the winter of what was it? 2019 where we were just, Oh, it was soul crushing escape yeah. room. And then the prodigy 
and then uh, Summer of 84. The Prodigy for me is the definitive number five. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's right there. It's like no surprises. And a lot of people, a lot of people uh, don't. I, I think I think our our score is it takes into account how deeply shitty <laughs> horror movies can really be. Like we have reviewed independent horror movies on horror movie talk before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like um, we've spiral the first we, spiral. We from, almost have all the spirals <laughs> we've got reviewed. A spiral collection. Yeah. Spiral from 2018. Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a. I mean, horror movies can go so. They can go into the negatives in terms of how garbage right. they are. Um, so, anyways, so. let's let's um, get through our mid roll and get into the spoilers so we can talk about this stuff. Okay, we want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors because scratch that. They're our favorite sponsor. They are our favorite sponsor. Our favorite sponsor is nightchannels.com. We've talked about them before. We've worn their shirts on our bodies. Lots of our fans have bought uh, shirts from nightchannels.com. Who was it that said on the Facebook group that they just they bought four? It was, uh, yeah, I, I can't I mean, it's not call. surprising. There, go to nightchannels.com. You know, Father's Day is coming up. So there's a... Uh, there's some good things in there. Buy your father a society shirt. Or, you know, if he's into death metal, that you've got him covered. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've bought several shirts from them. I'm sure I'm going to make a second order soon. How about you, David? Um. Yeah, I, I keep, I got to tell you, the one I keep eyeing is uh, is a sweatshirt for Akira uh, mm. with a, and there's a big explosion, you know, it's it's like the uh, the bombs going off over yeah. uh, over Tokyo there. And, uh, and I, it, but, it, but I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to get it, even though it's off season for, for yeah. sweatshirts. It's just like, oh yeah. Yeah. I've got, I just wore the, sh- the witch one, the, um, what is it? What's that like to live deliciously? Yeah. With Black Phillip on it. Um, talking Heads. Talking Heads. Um, had one from 1984, the book. Um, oh. It covers covers a lot of stuff. Literature, occult, horror movies, uh, metal, alternative music. Just lots of stuff. Honestly, what we keep telling people to do is just go to nightchannels.com, browse around, and you're going to find something that you're going to want because they're so unique. You're not going to find these shirts in hot topic or any of these bullshit places where you're going to see the same shirts, the same captain America shirt coming out of, you know, everyone wearing it. Um, even though I wear captain America shirt, um, (laughs) on the regular, uh, so go check them out and use code HMT at checkout to get 13% off your order. Um, that's nightchannels.com. Again, use code HMT at checkout to get 13% off. I think I'm going to get my brother the uh, I Want to Believe shirt, the X-Files oh, yeah. shirt, because yeah. he's a huge X-Files fiend. There's yeah. there's like a balance between me loving the material, but also not wanting people to think. That <laughs> I want people to know that I wouldn't care if people thought I was an X-Files fan. I don't want people to think like, I'm actually like a UFO, right? No, like fanatic. I think if if you if you have something that says "I want to believe" on it with that classic mm-hmm. imagery, that means you're an X Files right. fan. 
And and then also I, the one the other ones I want to get for myself are um, have you seen Bob the the Twin Peaks shirt and then also um, the Laura Palmer shirt with her in a body bag there mm. I love it. So yeah, um, another thing we need to mention is if you're actually listening to this commercial, you should know that you don't have to because if you go to our Patreon um, page and sign up for what's the first one where you can I think it's the the uh, $6.66 cent tiers where you get advanced yes. access to episodes without ads in them. If you don't like us, you know, yammering on about Manscaped, you can skip that all just by giving us a couple ducats. That's right. So um just wanted to highlight one of the tiers today. I'm not sure if we highlighted this one already, but we probably did. But it's, it's probably one of our favorite tiers. It's, it's one the, of the two most popular yeah. tiers by... by Surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the three spoopy five me tier, which is $15 a month. You get a shout out on one of our episodes. You unlock access to our after pods where we leave the mics running and talk about the life behind the scenes. Early access to that week's episode without ads as soon as it is edited. Um, you'll notice that you'll get earlier access if it's David's episode than Bryce's. Um, access to all our sound drops. Uh, once a month, you'll get to suggest a movie for us to review and then vote on which movie we review as a group. And your listing on the supporters page can include a link to a personal project of yours. So, you know, if you're into SEO, that's a pretty... It's a, I mean, it's not a paid a, link. It's a spicy meme. Yeah. Anyways, um, also check out our shop on horrormovietalk.com. We've got logo tees. We've got a bunch of cool stickers. And we'll be filling stuff out in the future as well. You know, I, I just want to say, I, I do want to say that this is a free podcast. We produce it uh, using a tremendous amount of our free time. It does wear on our lives. And I understand that not everybody can support us financially. I I get that. Yeah. You don't have to. That's totally fine. We understand. And trust me, as people who... Need, I, who need money, we get it that money is not something that's that you can just toss away easily. Right. But if you would like to support us, it's very simple. You can do so by just sharing it with a friend right now. G- actually getting onto Facebook, sending it on, putting on, or Twitter or, or fucking whatever, Instagram. Give us a shout out, tag us, do what you got to do. That's huge. It really, really makes mm-hmm. a difference and it helps us because... Um, you know, we need to grow on all platforms, and the only way we can do that is if y'all rep our shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, support us any way you can, and that really does include dropping us reviews and telling your friends. Right. Finally, we want to tell you about our resident artist, Dustin Goble, which we love. You can find him on Instagram at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. That's dgobel 0 on Instagram.com. He's... I mean, if you've seen any of the artwork for any of our episodes, you'll know that the guy is a quality artist. And, uh, you know, we really want to help him out as much as we can. So um, you can hire him to to do commissions, which several, several of our fans have, and they turn out awesome, like amazing. If there's a, a horror film that you're a huge fan of or a regular film. Or, or any regular film, or you want to show your your friend being murdered by Freddy Krueger, he could do that for you, like, and at a very reasonable price. Yeah, and well. and you will literally be you'll be you will be sent 
a very, very unique one-time-only thing that only you will own, right. and and it will be a part of the uh, of the uh, what, what what do you call? Uh, if you post this picture online, it will become part of the zeitgeist for what if you know if you have your friend being killed by Freddy Krueger, it, it'll get around online because mm-hmm. and people will go, wow, that's a fu- this is a piece of professionally made Nightmare on Elm Street art. Mm-hmm. So make your artistic dreams come true. Go to at dgobel00 on Instagram. Tell them HMT sent you. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail again, our number is six eight two two five three. Four four six eight. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about this opening scene. Like, how I was impressed at how much they blew their load this first scene. Like, they didn't even hold anything back like <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to recall i'm trying it to starts recall. out with the exorcism with the with the, the little boy oh yeah like contortioning and demon voices and you know wind and claw marks and and everything it's like hey, super super intense it's really kind of all downhill from there yeah and uh it just I wasn't engaged in the story or it's been a long time since I've seen either one of the conjuring movies. It's been a very, very long time. So I'm not like super invested in Ed and Lorraine Warren or what goes on around them. So I don't know. I just, this is the little boy from, uh, the haunting of Hill house in Bly Manor. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, cool. uh, the little, um, in uh haunting of Hill house is, his uh, older version was the drug addict brother. Yeah. Um, His name is Julian Hilliard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, and that was the only purpose of that was to serve transferring the demon over to... Um, An older man. Uh, Arnie. Man. Which, like... You could have done without that entire scene. It would have made a difference in the story, really. Yeah. Like, but it's like, it's almost like they shoehorn it in because that was like the exorcism from the files of Ed and Lorraine Warren because they play the tapes for that exorcism I... in the, the credits. So it's, <laughs> this well, movie I mean, is it's... based on this true story that it's only actually just one scene and unrelated to the plot of the rest of the movie. Oh, so... Well, no, because at the end it said that uh, this guy Arnie, you know, he he was on trial, and you know, right. he got I'm a, not sure the Warrens had anything to do with that trial, though. Okay, but it is the premise for right. Ar- Arnie's life is the pr- premise for the movie, right? But from what I gather, granted, it's not much of the movie. the the exorcism was for this boy. Um, what's his name? Getzel. Yeah, his David name. Glatzel. Oh, okay. And so that's the tape that they're playing, but it wasn't (laughs) the demon from David Glatzel didn't like in the real life version, they just probably exercised him. And that was the end of the story. That was, that was the case 
for Ed and Lorraine Warren. So this separately, is actually based on two real yeah, life yeah. stories. Separately, there was a case where someone tried to defend themselves with the devil made me do it. Mm. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure if there's any relationship between those two things at all. I don't care. I'll allow it. It's a creative use of two sure. true stories. Yeah, but it's also like you could also do without that scene entirely, Man. in my opinion, and Man. it wouldn't have taken anything away. Uh, it's I, probably the best scene in the movie, though. It would have taken away the best scene True. in the movie. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so anyways, that that was kind of a weird choice. It did feel like the movie was just coming right away. It was just like, oh, oh, uh-huh. oh, oh, oh. And then, and then the whole rest of the movie was like a refactory period. Yeah. It was like, oh. Did you notice for that scene when the priest showed up that they just completely emulated the the scene from the exorcist uh, there Father are Marin so many up. parts of this movie where i was like that's from the exorcist that's uh-huh. from the exorcist that's from the exorcist like and not like a loving tribute either like from the exorcist right so there was definitely like the iconic shot like the shot that's on the poster they they replicated in in this which is like mm, don't don't do that if you're not going to be anywhere close to it you know right um, and then, <clears throat> yeah, actually the title and intro and intro scripts had big exorcist vibes. Like right. the title font, it was like, it was the exorcist font. Right. I was like, oh shit, this is, this is just the exorcist. So it starts and then it does, it does some weird, like back and forth, like flashbacks because it starts like in medias res, however you say that, like in the middle of the action. Of the exorcism, and then it like jumps back and it shows um, David being um, like haunted a couple different times in the house. Yeah, those those are a couple of good scenes. Yeah, like, that I don't, was. I don't want to undercut those scenes because like there's the scene with like the hand, the creepy hand over the shower curtain. Yeah. It's oh. pretty effective. Oh, 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 oh. Um, that scared me good. And, I was like, and then com- combine that with the blood shower. What is it with like bloody showers that's supposed to be scary? Well, it's a thing that you're supposed to be made. I mean, everybody feels safe and comfortable in a shower, right? Mm. It's like you get clean here. Not only do you get clean here, you're warm and not, not lathered up. With yeah, nice but if you soap. get blood on you, you just take a shower. Oh, <laughs> I got it. Now I get it. That's uh, weird. The blood usually gets off at the second floor. Um, yeah, the the waterbed scene. Woo! I, I was I was like, this yeah. is getting better and better. Yeah, waterbed scene is pretty great. They show that in the trailer too, so that kind of is unfortunate. But then, even the follow up to the waterbed scene was, but. That that's where it actually kind of started going downhill because it was like they could do something so spooky. The Vera Farming is going down below the house. She's got a. They found the scariest thing of all in the house: water damage. <laughs> yeah, we're, and we're, she's somehow they look at it and they're like, "That's not water damage. That ain't water damage. That's ectoplasm. That there's demon damage there." <laughs> You but, got yourself some demon damage. Yeah, they're like, where was the waterbed where the, where your child supposedly got attacked? And she's like, right under that carpet. They lift the carpet up and it's like, oh, water, water damage. Mm. But not just any water damage. This is ghost water. Demon cum. 
Wouldn't that be great if like exorcists or like the whole mythology around demons wasn't that they would possess your body and destroy you? If it was just like they were just another pest that got into your house, like, oh, God damn it. We got demons again. I've said it. Call but- call the exorcist. So the exorcist is basically an exterminator. That's ba- oh, I guess that's basically the premise of Ghostbusters. Every haunted, I just described Ghostbusters. Every haunted house movie <laughs> is is now basically just the money pit, right? <laughs> With Tom Hanks, there was. I mean, that was like the the thing in this movie is that the demon was really eaten into that drywall. You know, yeah, it he, was it was doing some demon damage to the floors. It was encroaching. You know, and insurance breaking breaking the uh, the vapor barrier, vapor lock. Um, <laughs> insurance rarely covers demon damage. I know it's one of these. It's it's like earthquake. You got to get specific insurance for demon damage. It's like earthquake insurance, and sure, it's only twenty seven dollars a month, but that's like three hundred and fifty dollars a year, Bryce. Yeah, that's a lot of money for something that might happen. <laughs> or you could just be a good person, you know, and then you can't be possessed by demons that's not true at all no if you're if you're a good christian you can't be possessed by demons what that sounds like something that you would tell yourself when Mm -hmm. you were scared of these movies seems like a lot of good good people god-fearing christians get possessed with demons yeah that is kind of seems like it's a little more dangerous to be christian (laughs) so i've got i have my topic for i was going to talk about it in the spoilers but i have my topic for like the mini episode we're going to be recording after this Uh uh-huh um, what's the deal with, or like, what does it say about us as a culture mm. where in our media that Satan and evil is super powerful and we're like helpless against this. And this. then God, which is supposed to represent all good and our savior and safety. He's not real. Like he's just not, eh, he, Good will overcome evil eventually, but you know he's not going to get off the uh, the pearl couch anytime soon. I mean, you so really exci- got to ingratiate ingratiate yourself and go through a rigmarole just so God will be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I so- guess I'll expel this demon. I'm so excited to play devil's advocate on. This. Now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> so the, we'll be doing a recording a little mini episode that'll come out much later about that topic but yeah that is a trope in horror that like no the devil can fuck you up like don't don't matter whether you're like a super super zealous and and pious priest your entire life like oh he'll, he'll just kill you well and i then mean there you go Look, I well, mean, let's let's get into it later. But that's that was like a question that I had in this movie. Do you know how many semen have to die for me to make one baby? <laughs> Do you have any idea? So for, we're, we're basically our lives are God's uh, God sperm. Yes. Okay. And it's and look how many of us die. All of us die. True. It's guaranteed. Right. And it, it's not like he, it's not like he wishes us any ill will necessarily. He wants us all to become babies mm-hmm. or like heaven babies. Mm. But there's only so many heaven eggs to inseminate. <laughs> this is a good theory. I like this. Mm. <laughs> um, 
Oh, the other element that <laughs> we skipped over in the intro is the concept of the emergency exorcism. <laughs> no, it has to be here and now. Yeah. And, and, Can't take him to the church. Dude, dude the, the other the other thing that kind of like that I kind of rolled my eyes at at this movie was the low key like total disrespect that this movie had for the Catholic priests. Right. And they're just bumbling. Catholic priests in The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, are treated like the dumb sitcom dad in yeah, every they're sitcom. Like, <laughs> they're just like, <laughs> Performing an exorcism like the Catholic priest dedicated his entire life to, you know, knowing these rites and, <laughs> and like, rituals. Out of the way, idiot. <laughs> it's like, but he's like looking up like a little sheepish lamb. Like, am I doing it right, Ed Warren, master of ceremonies, guy who really knows what's going on? Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Like they were portrayed as being so oafish and bumbling. It's like that was that was the other question I had. Um, and I don't remember the previous movies if it explains any of this, but. Technically, if we're talking, uh, and I, I'm I'm putting on my Mormon brain right now, mm. which isn't necessarily like, you know, super applicable, but I'm pretty sure there's some crossover in the concept of uh, authority or like operating in the name of God in certain rites. Like, so, I mean, if you're a priest, you have the authority to do the rituals like baptism you can't just like your mom can't just come over and baptize you it's mm-hmm. like no the priest does that because they have the in the mormon religion we call it we call, them, we call them keys but like they have authority it's like and there's like a hierarchical structure from priest up to the pope kind of thing where it's you are delegated certain responsibilities and yeah. whatnot so if you're talking about like the Catholic ritual of exorcism, like why is Lorraine Warren reading anything or or, or operating this procedure at all? Like wouldn't it just be the priest? Isn't that kind of the deal? Yeah, you just get nitpicky. It's not nitpicky if you're a priest. You know, this brings up a good a good a good point though. You know, there's, How is the Catholic Church going to maintain power if it doesn't have a monopoly on priesthood authority? Um, no. Uh, Mormon horror. There is none. Where is the horror based on Mormon on the Mormon religion? Wow, that's a really good question. It would be so interesting and cool. All we got is a bunch of uh, is a bunch of nope. Christian and Catholic stuff. Cannibal the musical. I mean, real Mormons. There's, uh, see, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> Mormons pop up. They're not. They don't make a thing about like the Mormon religion. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what. Mormons will pop up on a lot of things, and I have like my Mormdar go and- off regularly, and it's it's shocking how many of the recent true crime things <laughs> that have come out that I'm like, yeah, that guy's Mormon, like that. That's definitely a Mormon thing happening. Mormons are a bunch of rubes. <laughs> so they're they're either they're okay. They're either the rubes that are like completely taken advantage of and like um welcome like the psychopaths into their fold without realizing it. 
it's such as the case with um, Ted Bundy. Mm. He was one of those. And uh, like, yeah, I think Ted Bundy was almost baptized, but he was like dating a Mormon girl and was like going to church. And uh, yeah, I didn't notice that he was a serial killer in whatever. A lot but, of people didn't, though. A Ted lot of Bundy, people didn't. Ted Bundy was an expert at that True. shit. And then the other ones were like the uh what was that oh, crap there was that uh true crime thing on netflix where it was murder among the mormons well there's more murder among the mormons that's the most recent one which was interesting um but there was one where it's like the guy tricked the husband and wife to have an affair with him so that he could take their teenage daughter Oof. off and they were all mormon like, it was all like, oh, God damn it. And it's all this, like, it's so hard to explain. We we have to delve into this later, but there... Sounds like a good topic for a miniso. So in terms of, like, Mormon people in horror, it's not mentioned, but I can think of, like, Fire in the Sky, those guys, they were all Mormon. Um, yeah. There's... Well, that all took place in Utah. There's stuff around, like, anything with pioneers or people trekking west, like... About half of those are, are Mormon. So, like, Donner Party stuff, like, those are, I think a good portion of them were Mormon. Give me Mormon horror is all I'm trying to say. By the way, you're going to hear us uh, talk uh, in hushed tones about mini episodes. We're going to try out some mini episodes released yeah. twice a week um, sometime in the upcoming future. We're not well, sure Twice when. a week? Well, yeah, our main episode will be once a week, and then okay. a, and then a, okay. a mini. So I was going to say, Jesus Christ! So be looking for that at some time. I would imagine in July or August, something. Like that. So, anyways, moving on. Um, so they, yeah, we haven't even gotten to the main like storyline yet. No. So this is all to set up the fact that Arnie is now possessed, I guess, and then it acts like we don't already know that fact because. It shows him discovering it somehow because he's in his house and, and then um, the demon tries to eat some tricks and he's like, silly demon, tricks are for kids. <laughs> and um, He follows this rat and uh, he's, he looks into a burnt wall pussy. Now wait. Burnt, burnt pussy wall hole. This how, is, how are we going to term this? Um, a wall pussy that's burnt. I don't know. Something about the line in The Witch in the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, this brings up a point that I want to br- bring up. Uh, so when Vera Farmiga goes below the house and she finds the hex below the below the room where the boy's bed was and there was water damage, come, mm-hmm. uh, demon come, uh, there's this there's this hex below the house and it's and it's it's substantial. And it's just a little bone like rune totem sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, a little totem. And, and and it has attracted all these rats. And there's rats all around it everywhere. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Why in God's name did they use a bunch of CGI rats? Rats are ubiquitous and easy to come by and look so much better when they're real. Oh. Why is every fucking rat in this movie CGI? It looks so dumb. I didn't even notice. You could have just used regular fucking rats. I didn't notice. I, I'll say, like, I mean, the one of the main reasons, Justice though, for rats. Is that they they were very well behaved around that totem. They're all, like, worshipping, you know. 
they could have just gone full in on the CGI and just like had him like bowing. Yeah. This is what videos for. <laughs> we'll get up that up and running in ah, no time. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> so, we're not so panicked about it. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, Arnie, Arn, is it Arnie or Arn? Arnie. Arnie. Um, he figures out he's demon possessed by when he like accidentally kills a guy that is, uh, a very, very, very pushy drunk. Yeah. Like, the pushiest drunk. Yeah. He, he He's in some sort of fe- fever state. Um, and, um, you know, it, uh. He just isn't seeing reality for what it is, and therefore he sees his friend as a demon, and mm-hmm. he, he stabs the shit out of it. Right. Because the devil made him do it. I like how annoying they made this guy so you didn't feel so bad with him being murdered. You're like, yeah, I'd murder that guy. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah. Even if I didn't see him as a demon, if that guy was coming after me and demanding that I dance with him for the 50th time, I'd stab that oh, fucking guy in the, the gut. fuck off of me. Uh, <laughs> with your... Okay, this is the other thing. This is a kind of a non sequitur. So I'm not a big drinker. So can anyone explain to me why no one seems to care about spilling beer everywhere? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is a party vibe kind of thing. Like, I see it in movies. I don't even know if it's a real thing. But in movies, they're like, boom, they're like cracking open the beer and like shaking them up. And it's like spilling over the bottle onto their hand onto the floor like getting on the couch. I'm be, I'd this be is like, mostly a frat vibe sort of thing. Is Animal that a thing house. though? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Frat house vibe is a is a real fucking thing. Dep- how can people not care about? If I spill like a drop of coke on the carpet, I'm panicking. You're snorting that shit right up. I'm like, fuck. <sighs> Get club soda. I don't know what to do. Get soap. Club soda. Baking soda and vinegar. I don't know. Everything. I got a drop of coke on the carpet. Like, why aren't people just people are just throwing beer everywhere? Hardwood floors, getting it all over themselves, spilling it on each other, and they're like, "Hey, good time." Mm. Yeah, pissed. Well, there you go. This is a real horror movie for you then. Yeah, because beer everywhere. All right. Well, Man. tell us on Facebook why do people just spill beer everywhere? Our looks? carpets in our house are so fucking gnarly ass, gross. They're fucking nasty. Like, there are smells. There are places in the carpet where you're like, oh, it smells like ass over here. Like, what happened? <laughs> oh, yeah, my ass. <laughs> and and so, but, but you know, we have little kids, so we're like, well, we got to wait until they're a little older and, like, a mm-hmm. little more. Because they're 25% of the right. reason this carpet's as right. nasty as it is, uh, apart from being 25 years old. But, oh, man, it's gross. Anyway. Aaron's really lobbying for a new van and your van is the only thing here worth keeping <laughs> the other car is the one you need to fuck that other car well the other car is probably fixable oh yeah definitely is. but it's like uh whatever anyway she bought yeah she wants a new van and, and that's like the question is like all right how nice of a van should we really be getting because we still have a three-year-old. It's getting to the point where you wouldn't have to worry about cloth seats getting completely destroyed. Why are people making vans with, with, with carpeting in them at all? Why isn't everything just vinyl and pleather? I know. What 
Why is why you should be able to hose a van out? Right. Honda has the right idea on some of this stuff, like the Honda Element. You yeah. can literally just take a hose to. I have no idea why everybody's so intent on getting carpet in their car. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So wall pussy. <laughs> Long story short. Can you tell me, like, is there any significance to that? Like, he, he follows this rat, and then he finds this hole in the wall. Like, it's some, like, plot point that's going to be in, that's going to be important later. And it looks like a pussy. I mean, I just want to underline how much this looks like a burnt-up pussy. Am I am I wrong in thinking this? I can't even remember. It felt very... What's the what's the female version of phallic? Um, uh, vag- Vaginal-like? Vag- vaginal. Vaginal. Vaginalike. Vaginalike. <laughs> We've hit a new low. Uh, we have hit a new low. Oh, okay. Um, you tried parallel parking in a burka, David. And then, I don't know, someone, some demon attacks him through the wall hole. And uh, stuff and stuff. So he kills the guy, and then they, the Warrens convince the defense lawyer to use the defense of demonic possession yeah and they convince her to do this because they showed her annabelle you got to say annabelle in this movie somewhere you can't you can't just have a movie where they're not like <laughs> annabelle though <laughs> i did like i did like how she was like no lawyer has ever used this as a defense and had it work out and they're like okay tell you what you come over to our house, you have dinner, you take a look at Annabelle, you take a look at the shit that we got, mm-hmm. and then if you're not impressed as hell, uh, then you uh, mm-hmm. then you can do a you, and you can do it how you want. And then the next scene is her with just like this thousand yard stare of like, so it was a devil that made my client do this whole thing. I love in the scene that you expect is going to be the premise for the rest of the movie that ends up being like not significant at all. Um, she announces with some sobriety that the, the it's the defense is demonic possession, and then there's like just absolutely no reaction in the court whatsoever. Like the judge doesn't even say anything. Yeah, it was a lot of stunned like, silence that was implied, but yeah, it, it definitely didn't land the way I thought it was going to land. It was yeah. like a bunch of laughter or right. something. Um, like, what's your point, David? Yeah, and then the rest of the movie is the Warrens like playing detective they find out that other houses there's other disappearances of teenagers and they connect the dots that there's these other totems in some of these other houses and um they follow the lines and there's there's a couple good scenes around that so they they go out they go out into the wow this thing the delay Decided to take a stroll through the scraggly woods. They ta- decide to take a stroll through the scraggly woods, and they Lorraine goes into her, you know, trance, and tries to follow like what happens to the teenage girls. There's a lot of effective parts of this whole thing. Oh fuck! Not the woods. <laughs> Nothing good ever happens in the woods. Yeah, that was the one part that was pretty effective. Like when she almost hurdles herself off the cliff. The hurtling off the cliff, but also like when she goes into the uh, 
the, the nowhere, the, the you know the uh, the past, and she and the woods go from day to yeah. night, and then those hands are coming around the tree. Like all right. that works really good. Like there are plenty of spooky moments in this um and it's and the jump scares are not like totally offensive like they are in a quiet place where they're just like unabashedly going to deafen you into oblivion they they're like they're like skillfully done yeah and they build tension quite well even they find a way to make it appropriate right like they they're they're good at that if there's nothing else like this series is good at like building tension appropriately mm. for jump scares. They, this is the first occurrence of a of like the hacky couplets that happen several times in the movie, which is you already mentioned it. They're like, I'm not afraid of her not finding something. I'm afraid, I'm afraid of what by what she's gonna find. Like, there's you a should, lot of you should fucking hope she won't. And then they like they cap off the movie with one of those, which is, um, they thought our love was a weakness. But actually, it's our strength. Like, all right, god damn it! Like, I how, like it. <laughs> how lazy of screenwriting is this? It's like, okay, it's not lazy. We get it? Look, it, look, it's only lazy if you're. It's it, very. It feels very '90s action movie. You're a jaded asshole. Feel which, like they're looking into the camera. Hmm. Granted, we are both jaded assholes, but like, uh, okay, you write. Uh, just a small portion of a movie script. And when you come across the part where you write something like this, yeah. you're going to just come in your pants over how fucking clever you are. Right. You're going to be like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I think they look yeah. about this part. Like, yeah, I get it. I know that it's it's hard. I'm not discounting the fact that it's very hard to write a movie, but it feels like that was like a thing that they used <laughs> several times in this. It's like, well, I don't know, whatever. Um, so they track it down and find out that it's uh, these totems are satanic. Satanic totems. And they go and track down the the uh, king regent of Gondor or whatever his name is. Yeah. The, the, he's the, the uh, it's not the... He's, he's the, a st- he's the custodian or what is he, what is he in the Lord of the Rings? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I said what he was earlier. The like, steward, the steward of Gondor. He's the steward of Gondor. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's also the guy, um, uh, John Noble. Is that mm-hmm. is that his name? He's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah, he's. In, but I can't um, I can't see him in anything and not think of like cherry tomatoes popping out of his mouth. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, John Noble was in one of my favorite uh, the fit my favorite. First seasons of a show. Let's see what it what, what 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 the fuck was it? Fringe. Oh yeah. Uh Fringe, the first season was it was so much fun. See, I just compared it to X Files and I just didn't like it. I was like, I, I get what you're doing. You're trying to like make a updated X Files type weird show. I'm like, eh, you I didn't, just can't get into you it. You didn't want X Files back mo- enough. I wanted it back, and Fringe filled that. I guess. Yeah. A little bit. He was um, also in Stargate SG-1. So they come across him, and he's like an old priest that, you know, collected a bunch of artifacts from satanic cults because he's definitely not a Satanist. Um, he was he's just not. studying them. And, like, they, they do a couple bait and switches there where it's like, okay, because everyone's expecting him to be the evil guy, right? Yeah. You, I think 
Um, Denethor. Yeah, everyone's expecting him like, okay, okay he's going to be the evil guy in the end. Where's Wormtongue? He's around here somewhere. <laughs> uh, ends up, his Wormtongue is, is his daughter, which uh, turned out being really into Satan after her dad surrounded herself in satanic artifacts. By the way, I know Wormtongue speaks to the Ronin uh, king, not Denethor. I get it. We understand. It's just a fucking Lord of the Rings reference. Chill out. Of course, you'll chill out because you're a Lord of the Rings fan, not a Halloween fan. Total fucking <laughs> lunatic. Um, I, I just kind of want to ske- speed towards the end. Like, I want to skeet all over the end. I want to skeet all over the end. Um, so they discover it and they find out that this witch or satanic cult lady Eugene is, Von Durant is doing all this stuff because she wants to perform this right to resurrect a demon thing. She pledges her soul to it. Yeah, I guess. And they discover her. Um, she is the adopted daughter of Denethor. Sure. Of our boy, Denethor. No, I don't think it's adopted. I think he actually had her, like... But he was a priest. He couldn't have That's why relations. it was had to be held under wraps. Oh. He said that specifically, like, they had to keep her secret because he was a priest. And he's like, ah, you gotta keep your, you, you know, your obsession. Well, that's gotta- the first time a priest ever got anyone pregnant. They've never, it's never happened. It's never happened before. There's oh not- my God, I have the biggest news in the entire world about my family. Oh? That I will share on the afterbot. Okay, write it down so you don't forget. Oh my God, Bryce. Um, no, no, no. It's like this level. It's like this level. Okay, cool. It's, cool. It, it's not just cool. Where's a pen? Hit, toss me that. Go. Okay. Um, so the thing where they track her down. I love the part where um, Lorraine is connected to the Satanist through the Force. And she sees through her eyes on this altar. And I love how it was obvious that the production designers didn't read the script close enough. Because she says, I see an altar and there's black candles. There's 12 of them in a circle. And then the on the screen, while it's showing through her eyes, like there's just something like, you know, 47 candles just strewn about. Like there's... Not- she says specifically, I don't know, this is my anal retentiveness when it yeah, comes to movies, just, but she said, like, there's 12 of them in a circle, and while they're showing just, like, you know, basically an ancient wizard's um, collection of candles, like, that have melted on every corner. Too of many this. candles. Yeah, too many. Okay. Bryce has too many. All right, all right. Too many candles. Um Finally, they arrive to the actual place where the altar is, and their instructions are very simple. Destroy the altar. Yeah. And I have a question, a very important question. And this is not just a movie trope thing. I've experienced this in real life. Do women just not understand leverage? Whoa. Wow. Look at you. I'm going to say they completely understand it, and you're out of line, mister. I. Would. You're just gonna throw me under the bus like that? You've uh, never experienced? Is this just me and my wife? Where my it's like, wife. I can't move heavy things. It's impossible. It's like I, you just lift up one end and scoot it. Scoot around. We've got like these little pads you put underneath. Just 
lift up a corner, put it on there, and then push it. No, nothing. You've never. Um, no. So, like, what happens no. is Lorraine shows up at this altar. So it's a giant stone altar with a pillar in the middle with a flat, like, giant granite top. Made to be destroyed. Made to be destroyed. And what does she do? She like tries to push it. She. Over. She pushes it directly from the center right. where the pillar is. Yeah. The strongest part. You can like sit on one of the sides. Where you'd have to like it'd be like, you know, how did the how did the ancient English build Stonehenge? And then she, Lorraine Warren would go over and to a giant stone. She'd just like kneel down and grab underneath and be like, I can't I can't pick it up. To be fair. It's impossible. She was a, she's Vera Farmiga is like a buck ten. She did. She stood like no chance of watching this. Thing no, you could if you if you push it from the fucking side. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think she's a strong, um, you know, able-bodied woman who's capable of uh, of making her own decisions. And I think you're kind of somewhat of a pig. For, for uh, I'm for just saying, in my experience, the concept of conservation of energy is not a. There's not an equal knowledge between me and my wife. Like, it feels like I know how to pick up things mm. in the easiest way. I Like, I have no room to speak in this because every time I come over to your house and help move anything, I have back problems. <laughs> like, to an, to an astonishing degree. Like, for me, this house is haunted with a back demon. That's <laughs> uh, probably just all the radon. Um <laughs> So, eventually, a man comes along <laughs> and destroys the altar, and it's okay, you know. So, Ed Warren has been useless this whole movie, where it's basically Lorraine... And then he swings away, Meryl. Being in... <laughs> and he swings away with his with his sledgehammer and, and destroys the altar, and then that's it. That's it. That's it. I think it would have been so much more interesting... If it focused on this satanic yes. cultist woman. Yeah, I mean, it. Instead, it, by the time they got to it, it was like, man, this would be the interesting thing. They, It's basically the solution of the mystery is like, oh, it's a sat- Satanist. Oh, here she is. She's a bad guy. She lives in the same house as the good guy, except there's tunnels. There's a warren of tunnels. It'd be way there. more interesting to focus on just satanic yeah. uh, ritual abuse right and um and you know it's kind of weird it's kind of it's kind of strange that this and spiral are came out at the same time it's like both like some true detective shit that they're trying yep. to recapture somehow but really like don't know mm. how to do it as good and it's like yeah by the way if you have not seen true detective season one yeah that's amazing Fuck the conjuring. The devil made me do it. Go see true detective season one. That will blow your socks off. And then season two falls off a fucking cliff. Yeah, boy. It sure there, there's some pay. I mean, it's just two and three are decent shows, but they pale in comparison to the first season. It's I feel like the first one, like Matthew McConaughey, really. And 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 Woody Harrelson, I feel like they both went to some really fucking weird places, you know, yeah. in their lives. I feel like they, like they really kind of, like Heath Ledger got near the Heath Ledger cliff, you know, of like oh, I'm a little too deep into this whole thing. Mm. I mean, it was just really good. And I mean, the first season had 
Alexandria Daddario. So, I mean, that's really... People, oh man, yeah, she's gorgeous. Uh, people give McConaughey like a real hard time because of like the way he talks and stuff mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, he says some goofy shit, but that guy is like low key, like really a, a nice guy who's very, very talented. Right. He's a fantastic actor. I don't think anyone doesn't think he's a good actor. It's just like, he's very Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, but, but even then, I think the Matthew McConaughey part is... Voice is like clipped mm-hmm. is like specific like people clip him to make him sound crazier than he is because it's easy to do like you know well it's like it's like casting jeff goldblum or or uh, um wow brain fog <sighs> this microsoft chip is really you know really affecting my memory um Christopher Walken. So if you like cast ah. Christopher Walken or or uh Jeff Goldblum in a movie, you know what you're getting. Yeah. They're fantastic actors though. Like yeah. they're so real. Like yeah. they it feels like a real thing. Same thing with McConaughey. You get McConaughey. Yeah. Like you can't un-McConaughey McConaughey. Um there's some actors that you can like you know, get completely different performance out of out of. But oh yeah, he's not one. No. Anyways, yeah, True Detective one is fantastic. So it goes through this whole movie, and then it just tacks on at the end. Oh yeah, the guy is uh, they fought the court case, and he got manslaughter. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what they did yeah. at the end. Like, oh, you know that whole the whole premise of the movie and the title of the movie alluding to right the court defense of the devil made me do it. Um, I mean, this whole time you get, you see what Arnie's doing in prison and that he's being haunted or whatever, and they're trying to save him. But the actual defense, the whole premise of the movie is like, "Eh," and then he kind of, he kind of got a, he didn't get, he didn't get the death penalty. It's pretty cool though, huh? He married the girl he loved Mm -hmm. and he's still married to this day. Um, yeah, it's, I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of either stolen or homage to stuff from the exorcist and silence of the lambs in this. Uh, it's like, Oh, that's, that's yeah. from silence of the lambs. That's, what was the stuff from silence of the lambs? Um, I guess the basement workshop kind of thing. Yeah. Um, oh boy. I can't, uh, let's see where I can't, I can't, I can't recall exactly what it's, what it is now because I, I didn't write down the specifics of it. I just remember going like, "Oh, that's real." Oh, the part with the lotion in the basket. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, they're taking on, and then the last thing during the credits. Okay, yeah, I actually saying the last thing. So then it shows Ed giving Lorraine a gazebo. Is there any significance in that in the last movies or something? Like, what the fuck was that about? In in my notes, here's my final note. Gazebo. It's like what? What? Yeah. It was, it was like this. Like oh, we love each other. Look, I got me a gazebo. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's my best guess for why they actually put that in there is because she they she said to Ed to get him to snap out of it while he was you know under the influence of devil. Uh-huh. Uh, she's like they they pitted us against each other because she thought our love was our weakness. But it's our strength. And then, like, to, like, punctuate that, to, like, put the period on that sentence, 
the way you show your wife that you love her is you build her a gazebo in the backyard. What if this was a product placement? What if there was they got sponsorship from a gazebo company? Gazebos like, unlimited. You want to? It's like the De Beers thing. Like you know, diamonds are forever. It's like if you want to show how much you really love your spouse, get in a gazebo. If you don't want to have full on intercourse, but maybe get a handy tonight. <laughs> oh come on that that deserves a blowjob at least. You suppose you get a full gazebo? Because I don't know what a gazebo is for. No one does. Like, it's, unless you have, like, an old 1920s, like, um, bluegrass band or, like, a a local band playing John Sousa, John Philip Sousa. It's a place like, to get out of the rain, light summer rain, and then also a place to walk into 30 million spider webs. Right. Because no one's walked in there for three months. Yeah. It's also, like, those... those um, those like shade things that people build on their porches where it's just a trellis. Yeah. A trellis that doesn't actually have a roof. It's like, yeah. Well, it's like you slatted. Can, if you want to get a tan, like you're inside of a prison, this is fantastic. <laughs> like, I don't I honestly don't understand what those are for. I Gazebo th- almost makes sense, but also at the same time, no sense at all. I think a trellis is like a structure for like creeping vines to grow over to, to make uh, roof out of you know is it though i've never seen that well it, it, my grandma's old house had that mm, like okay. they built a big one and and then also you can like shade windows with it um right okay. so like so like if you have a a west facing window you can build a trellis that's like 10 feet out of the window. ah <laughs> hey colin oh my god go upstairs colin a very rare We're busy Bye-bye, bud. <laughs> the fucking Star Wars. Da-na-na-na. He's playing Star Wars Angry Birds. Da-na-na-na. Um, oh, no. We've awoken the beast. So the last thing that I love was that they played the real recording over the credits. Did you stay to and did, listen to him? I did not. Yeah, so it plays like the actual recording of that of the first scene's exorcist, exorcism. Okay. And I love how it paints a picture it's it's such a contrast of like the (laughs) the opening scene is like over the top like things are being flung there's like actual demonic voices and screaming and people panicked and wind and stuff and then you hear the actual recording and it just paints the picture of a bunch of nerds role-playing in exorcism (laughs) it's like like i command you no, oh no, I'm a demon. Uh. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's just very, it's very obvious that it's a bunch of people. Just, yeah. you know. Well, I'm glad they're into it. I'm not worried about demonic possession after I hear it, though. <laughs> so, you know. Damn. That's the same thing with like, there was that show on that. There was that thing on Shutter where it was like the real story behind the exorcism, or the Exorcist, or, um, or if it was like the, the cursed movies episode, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. these are all the things that happen with on the you know the shooting of the Exorcist, which is basically like, okay, well, there's a coincidence that there was actually a a, a, a guy that murdered people that was an extra on it, uh-huh. basically. But then, 
Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? That's cool. Dustin made us a pride flag out of our logo. Um, And then it also in that episode, it shows like a real exorcist. And it shows him performing an exorcism. And it's just like, what a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. It's just people that want, that need company. Oh. Basically, I don't know. Aww. It's I mean I again I want to believe, but they're not making it easy. Let's just say that. Um, okay, so final recommendations. Who would like Conjuring? The Devil Made Me Do It. Mm, okay. You know, mm, yeah, yeah. It's a fun. It's a fun new horror movie. Um, yeah, it's not bad. Uh, it's got a great giant, great big giant fat man that'll chase you around. Um, yeah, it's spooky and. T- scary yeah if you're scared of big fat man chasing mm-hmm. you around um big fat dead bodies mm-hmm. but uh and you know and good jump scares and stuff like that i i gave it a, it's a, a decent a light seven yeah so there you go if you got hbo max get it might be i mean support your local theater or support your local theater well, yeah. either one of those yeah they do um okay so let's go on to our game specifically for this movie okay this is the conjuring sing- singer game okay okay all right so all right this is all great because again i'm making it hard specifically for you so it's no uh it's no you know so if Patrick, some, if Patrick somewhat, Wilson, shut up. If you're somewhat new to the show, I hate, I hate musicals and I don't like hearing, uh, musicals. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a thing. So Patrick Wilson, um, is actually a pretty famous singer. He's in, uh, on Broadway and in the, the movie version of Phantom of the Opera, he played Raul. So. Um, he's got a fantastic voice, but he's not the only one that's a singer in the Conjuring universe. There's several other people that are recording artists <laughs> or singers, um, not nearly as famous as him. But we've got eight clips, mm. and you have to tell me whether this is someone from the Conjuring universe movies. Out of all, all eight of them, we'll include just yes or no, just Conjuring or no Conjuring. Okay, we'll say. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't have a creative thing to do. Say they're in the conjuring or not. Okay. Annabelle or no Annabelle. Annabelle or no Annabelle. Annabelle or go to hell. Okay, so first clip. I don't know. I don't know. N- yes, this is from The Conjuring. Oh, no, it's Universe. not. It was a trick 
that's from the Phantom of the Opera. That's the original singer, Michael Crawford, that played the Phantom. Michael Crawford, also, you might know from The Condor Man. No. I haven't seen that. Or Hello, Dolly. No. He was Barnaby, I think. Um, Okay, so 0 for 1. Next. I don't believe in trouble. I don't believe in pain. I don't believe there's nothing left but running here again. I don't believe in promise. I don't believe in chance. I don't believe you can resist the things that make no sense. I don't believe in silence. Cause silence is just work. That's cool. I like that. Uh, wow. I want to listen to that on the car ride home. <laughs> I don't believe in silence. I don't believe in pain. I think I've heard this song before. I will listen to it again. Um, I'm going to say no. That's a negatory. That's not from The Conjuring. That was Believe, the vocal performance by Franca Potente, who played Anita Gregory in The Conjuring 2. Okay. So apparently, I think she was, that's from the Run Lola Run soundtrack, and I think she was Lola in that. That was a badass song. I liked it. You'll have to spot check me on that one. But so that's. <laughs> I won't. Oh, for two. Next. It's a cover of Rihanna's Umbrella, but it's not Rihanna. I was going to say, this is Rihanna. No. I don't think she's part of The Conjuring. It's not Rihanna. I'm going to say, let's see here. Uh, No, this is not part of The Conjuring. This is not someone from The Conjuring series. That was the Umbrella cover by Haley McFarland, who plays Nancy Perrone in The Conjuring. Who? Who's Nancy girls. Perrone? She's one of the girls from Nancy. The Conjuring. Okay. She's one of the girls in the family that was haunted, I guess. Ouch, so, David. 0 for 3. Ouch, David. Um, all right. David. It's not David. Next. Honestly, David. Ramona, she talks like one, two. She opens her eyes and baby, yeah, they're Ramona Blue. We all know where she came from, but not where she's heading to. She could be going to outer space or maybe Timbuktu. I can't tell you whether or not this is part of The Conjuring. What I can tell you that is definitely the drummer from Dave Matthews' band. <laughs> Hundred and fifty percent. I I would like you to spot check that because of that I am certain. Uh, no, sure, we'll say no. This is not part of the Conjuring universe. That was Ramona Blue from the Ramona soundtrack. I guess there was a movie based on Ramona Quimby books. What? Uh, it's just like you're speaking a different language. I have no idea what's happening. You never heard the. You never seen the children's books, Ramona, or. I feel like that's like a Pacific Northwest thing. 
It was the the author was from the Pacific North. Anyway, so it was sung by uh, one of the singers was Joey Lynn King, which played Christine Perone in The Conjuring. The other have I got uh, any points yet? No, you have not. <laughs> All right, this one should be easy. Oh yeah, that's Todd. I know. digging it i like that one that's pretty good uh you know who would be good at this is um uh uh kate or emma from a nightlight horror the nightlight horror movie club podcast possibly or 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 their old uh their um or chris from nightlight who is a i'll I'll just go and come out and say this is not a very fair game like i would probably get Best case scenario, four of them. Those girls love them some musicals, and they love them some Broadway. Yeah, uh, but uh, and it is in it has educated me to that world a little bit, but clearly not enough. I have no idea. Maybe that was Anna Kendrick or something like that. I don't know. Ooh, was that Anna Kendrick? You're very close. So Conjuring or no Conjuring? I'm gonna say no. Finally, you're correct. <laughs> oh, stick with no long enough. And- that was Black Sheep from uh, uh, Scott whatever versus the world. Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, sung by Brie Larson. Oh, okay. She All might right. also known as Captain Marvel. Yeah, not anymore. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, another one. Far away from the cold night air. With one enormous chair, wouldn't it be lovely? Lots of chocolate for me to eat, lots of cola making lots of it. Warm face, warm hands, warm feet, wouldn't it be lovely? I've I've seen this, I think. Mm. Uh, this is that this this has um that a man who's now almost a hundred years old, Dick. Um, what's his face? In I know it? you're thinking about his, his name's not Dick though. What's his name? Oh, you're thinking of Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Oh, okay. This has Dick Van Dyke in it. No. And it also has that that girl from Mary Poppins in it. That's who's singing it. Um, is the Mary Poppins girl? Okay. Uh, so no, this is not part of the Conjuring universe. You are. One hundred percent correct. That is Julie Andrews. I'm yeah. impressed. Yeah, yeah. I, but, but but in what that what? was from My Fair Lady, the yeah. original Broadway recording, and Dick Van Dyke was not in that. He was. I'm pretty sure he was. You can get it on IMDb and you'll see. It. Okay. Okay. So you got two. Um, best you can do is tie it up. We have two more. Wow. I could actually tie it up. You could actually tie it up. Okay. Maybe the air gave me the drive, for I'm all aglow and alone. 
What a day this has been. What a rare mood I'm in. Why, it's almost like being in love. There's a smile on my face for the whole human race. Why, it's almost like being in love. This all sounds the same to me it's all just a bunch of squishy sounds um this sounds recent it sounds like an obviously very talented young man i'm gonna take a stab and say uh and and use the info you've given me and say that this is the guy uh, who plays ed warren so yes this is from the conjuring you're correct that's patrick wilson Mm -hmm. He's a fantastic singer. He, he's got a, he's he, got pipes on him. He can Holy fucking shit. project. Yeah. Um, like I felt power coming out of him. Yeah. Okay, last one. She was a diamond. He was a miner. And if you're gonna spend a long time digging in the dark, you wanna be sure of a spark. And if you're gonna wake up with the sound of your own voice ringing in your ear, oh, this could tie it up. Oh man, could either tie it. This has some strong Dolly Parton, written by Dolly Parton vibes to it, mm. and it's obviously not Miley's voice, and she's the only person I know who like. I know the, I know so many uh-huh. so many uh-huh. people yeah. re, re like recycle Dolly Parton stuff mm-hmm. and are huge fans of Dolly Parton stuff, um, but she's the only one who I know by name. Um, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna stick with my tried and true no and say no. But I have no clue as to who this might be. Wrong. Uh-huh. So this is The Most Beautiful People Are Broken by Maria Doyle Kennedy, which played Peggy Nottingham in The Conjuring 2. Okay. Yeah. Was I any kind of... What, what, what? I, you got three was out that, of eight. Was that uh, close with the Dolly Parton thing? Like, what was that? I don't know. It might have been her own song. I think she's she's like an actual recording artist. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's Conjuring Singer Game. I'm impressed with Julie Andrews and you got Patrick Wilson. So that's, you should only have, you should only have pride. No, it wasn't Julie Andrews. Yeah, it was. Julie Andrews is a gal. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it was. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to voicemails in a bit. We call horror movie. (laughs) If you guys want to get a hold of the show, you can do so by calling 682-253-4468. We'll play you on the air. You get to be on the show. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We got a lot of messages from you guys this week. I thank you so much for giving us a call. Um, First message. Hey, uh, hello. This is Ralph from the from the Bronx. I'm calling in regards to Rojo from the Bronx and his absence. Uh, I have to sadly give you the uh, the news that Rojo from the Bronx actually died in a uh, train-related accident. There were a bunch of Asians in there 
I'm not blaming the Asians at all, but uh, you know how Rojo was. He was really excited, really an excitable person. And the the corridor, the corridor said that essentially all the blood shot into his cock, and it left his heart, and he died of a massive heart attack because of you. You know how Rojo was. He just loves his his bushes and his hero suit woman. And the idea of being in a train with a bunch of hairy Asian women just Christ. it made all the blood shoot to his cock. So um, I just want to say uh, rest in peace, Rojo, from the Bronx. You guys aren't going to be hearing from him again because he's dead unless if he calls from the afterlife. Uh, thank you, guys. You really loved you guys. And, uh, yeah, let's just send a prayer out to Rojo from the Bronx. Oh, man. We got to pour one out for the homie. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking... Dude, Ralphie was one of our very first callers on the line, ever. That's, I mean, this is a... I thought he's he was, got a lot of information about the demise of Rojo. I thought like, he was from Brooklyn. Though. Very intimate. I thought Ralphie was from Brooklyn. I thought Rojo was from the Bronx. Well, that's so hard to keep track of. It is. They both All start those with boroughs. a B. Wow, he really enjoyed those uh, those hero suit women a lot. So much so, it gave him a heart attack. It's your boy Bugsy, Bugsy Siegel. It's been a while since I've called in. You know, I've been too busy getting laid and riding motorcycles to show any love to my favorite horror movie podcast well my favorite podcast in general only thing is i have a gripe and a bone to pick with you um that evil dead in my opinion is kind of a mediocre movie you know me and my friend we uh watch movies together and we rank them you know so we're kind of like better and more professional than you know anybody else when it comes to these things you know nobody else's opinion really matters um we put evil dead at a 39 i believe out of 100 horror movies only thing that we really got enjoyment out of that film was you know the good old rape tree that tree and the amount of rape it likes to dish out on the women i mean this is before all that woke garbage and bullshit we really stand behind rape tree actually i'd probably rather have rape tree the president than joe biden imagine if kamala got rape treat i feel like that'd be fucking amazing but um jesus christ podcast canceled i know you guys are about to do big things with the spot to the five I started eating edibles again, so I just thought I'd call in. But anyways, it was probably Dave, you know, you, probably him. Um, you know, I don't think Bryce would say this, but maybe. But one of you arses said that Michael Myers is a mere child. How dare you downplay the great Michael Myers? I mean, that's like blasphemy to Halloween fans. I hope they don't show up outside your window and try to murder you in the middle of the night. But, um... No, in all reality, I get it. Michael Myers has the spirit, you know, inner child or whatever. He is a child. Now he's grown up. But um, that just means Freddie would beat him in a fight. You know, he'd rape tree Michael Myers to death. And, you know, Jason, he's just R-worded. You know, he's kind of, he's kind of uh, that got that retard stank all over him. And, you know, Chucky's basically just a midget sex doll. So I guess Ghostface comes out on top. Put it all together. It'll make out so- Somehow it makes sense. But much love. B&D, Horror Movie Talk, love you guys, long-time patron, it's your boy, Bugsy? We do, ask him, we do ask him in the message to try to keep it to a minute, right? Yeah, but you can't, look, you can't put his profession on. is rapping. <laughs> and what does rap mean? It means talk. Yeah, it's true. That man can talk. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, Halloween fans are fucking bonkers. And, uh, and look, but listen, I will never speak ill of Bugsy, 
but he does love Halloween. Mm. Loves it. And I think that speaks of itself. I mean, that's all we're you up, need to know sometimes. Yeah. We're off to a great start with uh, real topical political issues that, you know, not sure our listeners on the right side of. <laughs> Rape tree, 2024. Rape tree, 2024, and, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ew. David, Ew, David, no, David, 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 David. Moving on. Thank you, Bugsy. Hey, guys. It's your favorite Patreon, Elizabeth. So I'm just calling in response to one of the callers that called last week about the Poltergeist episode, how they were saying um, they couldn't understand why the people wouldn't just get out of the house. And I, as you all know, probably by now, I really like researching horror movie and horror movie stuff. It's very interesting. So I've done a lot of research on the Conjuring House, where the parents lived. Um, and actually, they answered this in one of their, the parent-child's biographies uh, about their experience. It's that they couldn't leave the house because they physically were not able to because they were basically broke. All of their money was put into the house. So they couldn't leave for years and years. Like, people just think after watching the Conjuring movie, um, that they, you know, left the house, you know, once it was haunted, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They actually stayed in the house, I think it was like seven more years after the main events uh, where the Warrens, uh, when they inter- intervened, they actually stayed in the house like seven more years or something crazy like that. So sometimes just because in a horror movie, you know, like I know it's a horror movie, whatever, blah, 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 but maybe they just literally couldn't because they had no money so um yeah i'm just the person to come to if you want facts about horror movies so there you go there's my tidbit of information this week since i've been doing that for the last oh three weeks now so okay good day bye-bye so yeah that's another good point like how can you move when you just spend all your money on uh the warrens to come out and exercise your house yo they ain't cheap they ain't cheap no, yeah, we haven't mentioned in this episode that the Warrens are definitely, uh, definitely stealing people's money from them. I mean, are they though? Yeah. I mean, yeah, could be real. No. Have you met Annabelle? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Good point. There's nothing more frightening than a raggedy and all. When kept in a locker. Um, uh, yeah, well, I I certainly appreciate Elizabeth. Um, and uh, Yeah, and I just wouldn't move out if I knew that the problem was solved. Like, if your toilet overflows and you call a plumber out to fix it, do you leave the house then? Or are you always going to live in a constant fear that... Shit's going to be on your floor. Apples and oranges. These are not the same. Is it, though? Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't think it's that different. You know, we just watch. You get some ghosts, you call it the Ghostbusters, and it's fine. I until, w- until it's a ghost season again. I went and guested on my favorite podcast, Nightlight Horror Movie Club, uh, last week. And uh, and we watched It Follows. And, um, and the girls were like, I don't like how close... In that in that initial scene, where he's like he puts her in the wheelchair and uh-huh. he like tapes her to it, and he's like, "Look, this thing's chasing you. You need to like pass this on through sex." He like lays out the premise of this movie for her, 
and he lets it get really close to her. It comes walking right up to them. And then he starts wheeling her away. And the girls Mm -hmm. were like, the girls were like, I did not like how close he let it go. Why did he do that? And I was like, he was trying to impress upon her exactly how fucked up this is and how serious and scary this is. So he let it get real close. This naked woman that was coming with the intent to kill, get real close. And it still didn't convince her that shit was about to go down. Like it's very hard to, Mm. to, but when you see, but when you see her hair get pulled up by something invisible and then I do get tossed across the beach, suddenly you're a believer. If Mm. I saw some real shit happen in my house, I would have a hard time being like, this house is clear. (laughs) You know, I'd be like, I don't think so. We're still leaving. Yeah. Well, or, you know, the other option is, you just didn't re- you kind of believed it a little bit and then you had you know a little role play game with the warrens and you felt a little bit better and there was no problem to begin with there you go okay i'm calling again because i just said it's yep so sorry not sorry for calling twice um in response to bryce uh, about the haunting of hell house yes technically olivia crane was you know, she loved her children and everything, but she was basically brainwashed into killing her children and, quote-unquote, waking them up by killing them. So her being the heart of the house makes sense because she wants all of her children to live there with her while being woken up, if that kind of makes sense. Like, why else would she kill the twins if she loved them so much? She was trying to wake them all up and so that they could be with her forever. And also, she was lonely, and that's why she made Hugh stay with her at the end if... She gave up the thought of the children sitting with her. That was the whole thing at the end with Hugh basically sacrificing himself. So um, nice try, but uh, you're wrong. So, yeah, bye. Jesus is the brand. <laughs> so, okay, so we were talking about the haunting of Hill House for why the mother Jeez. wanted to kill all of her children to get them with her. So here's the here's the inconsistency for me is that it shows her like talking with Hugh all the time. And it's like she's showing concern for the kids and like concern for Hugh like she's part of their active life right now. So why why isn't she like whispering in Hugh's ear all the time like you got to kill the children? You don't understand. You just have to kill all of our children and then yourself. And then we'll all be together. For some reason, that's... She's very different then. I don't know. It's... It's... It's uh, troubling. Logically inconsistent. But nice try. Oh, oh no. A challenge has been has been beset upon... I have a feeling Elizabeth is a little bit more tenacious than what you're giving her credit for right now. You're going to have a shitstorm come down upon you. Sir. Don't, Sir. Don't at me, Elizabeth. <laughs> Sir. Next caller. Hey, guys. Uh, this is uh, this is Rojo from the Bronx. I'm under a... I got into a real serious accident. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know where I am right now. There was, I was on this train. There was a bunch of Asians on it. A bunch of Asian, attractive Asian woman, and I don't know what it that what happened. You know, I was just looking for some bush, and, and 
and all the blood went to show right into my cock and I just had a heart attack and they just left me in the twain here. I don't know where I'm at. I need you guys to send me some help or something. If you know where I'm at, I'm in the box. I'm in some train here. I don't know where it is, but just, I need some help. And honestly, I'll be careful with those Asian girls because you never know what will happen. You know, Spotify has expressed some concerns about the voicemails. Well, I can kind of understand it. I would, I would like to point out that Rojo... Uh, is seemingly back from the dead. Uh, and then also, we can't control him. He could be calling from beyond the grave. I'm not saying he is. Or, I mean, he. We're going to need the Warrens to figure it out. Yeah. I got to say. Uh, so, I mean. This is. We do not edit our listeners. Like, no, we care about you too much. Although we should, probably. That's uh, that's 100% racist. Yeah. I mean, although he's just, he's expressing profound love. Rojo's just only going off of what he sees in porn, you know, and. You'd be surprised how true that probably is. <laughs> so, um, I feel uncomfortable for our listeners right now. I'm sorry. I would like to apologize on behalf of Rojo, but not on behalf of Horror Movie Talk, who holds no responsibility. Hmm. All right, let's see uh, if another listener has something to say about trans people. Okay. Next caller. Hello, this is Glittercore. Um, I'm just on my way home from work and just listening to A Quiet Place because I love listening to you guys after and before work. Anyway, um, I keep hearing about Manscaped, and it's awesome. I love you dudes and your pubes, um, but I also know you guys realize you have a lot of female listeners, and I'm thinking about this idea to possibly must have a female product on you guys. So I was thinking something like, because it has to be slightly horror-related in my opinion, but um, there's things that have come out in the last, like, 10 years called, like, Diva Cups. I'm pretty sure there's probably lots of knockoff brands. But basically it's like a silicone funnel, basically, but with no hole to leak. Um, that women shove inside of their tiny vaginas or not tiny vaginas, and it basically collects all their menstrual blood, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they can basically just like take it out, dump it, clean it, put it back in, be out of usable, whatsoever. Um, but here's the deal: it can also be used as a, like possibly even a weapon. So somebody like chasing it, or they can write down. She's calling from the Death Star. <laughs> She's calling from the damn Death Star. Strangely, Rojo from Beyond the Grave has gotten better reception than Glittercore. <laughs> oh, Glittercore. Uh, I wouldn't know because... Take it off. Make it stop. Make it stop. <laughs> So she's suggesting... She's suggesting a new spot. It couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, like, yeah, we, we're overdue for a, a female-centric sponsor. Yeah, we uh, we need a, we do need some new sponsors over here. Uh, we got to change it up. I'll tell you what, Night Channel's just... They do have some beautiful ladies on their website modeling their shirts. So I found, definitely for you gals, too. I found one of them because 
because she's so exotic looking. Of course she did. <laughs> and found her on Instagram. I was like, I'm following this bitch. We don't call them bitches. I call everybody bitches. You're a bitch. My kids are I'm bitches. I'm following this young lady. She's she's a bitch. She's a wonderful bitch. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Again, the marketability of horror movie talk is sometimes a concern for you know sponsors and spotify and all the opportunities there but, are opportunities for more general audience i'm just saying you know she got a good point though diva cups uh reusable um uh, feminine hygiene product but mm-hmm. then but then also you know what i have in my truck right now i have two of these shiwis which is a, a silicone mm. uh device that you cram onto your tiny pussy and uh, and mm-hmm. then you pee into it, and it and it gives you a it's it's like a um, a, a vagina shaped funnel that funnels it uh-huh. out, uh, you know, because who doesn't want a dick? Yeah. You know? Did you ever watch Raw? Have you ever seen Raw? No, but uh, I would like to. Man, you got to see that. We should review that. There's there's a scene where the sister is teaching her other sister how to pee. You know, just standing. There. You just got to kind of angle it right. Yeah. Don't even need the. You know your anatomy. You know that no pussy is the same. Just like no dick is the same. But all dicks functionally are pretty similar. Whereas I mean, to be honest, like yeah, if you're a woman, you're you can't control your stream as much as someone that can has like a hose to aim. But if you're let's 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 be honest. If you practice a lot, let's be honest. Like we don't have the greatest aim either. Oh hell no! Streams can go rogue. Oh, they can go rogue, and not only that, the splashback is inevitable. Yeah, it's not even like at the the most dangerous times at the start, mm-hmm. but also like midstream, it can just go, it can like stage a coup. Those per, post jerk streams can really, yeah, go rogue. Next caller. Next Do we have caller. more callers? Yeah, we have three more. Three more. Oh my god, this is gonna be the longest episode in all history. I'm gonna die, Bryce. Hey, Bryce and David. This is Angelica. Uh, I just wanted to call to say I really liked your guys' review of A Quiet Place 2. Um, I think uh, Bryce's, that whole conversation about the bear trap and the kid, middle child should have known better, but he was messing up from the first movie, so not really surprised we brought that in the second movie. Um, and also, um, the bear trap scene uh, doesn't top the whole giving birth during an alien pop looks like that. Um, so, yeah, I agree with Bryce on that. Anyways, um, made me think of another question, something that I kind of answered myself was, what is the noise that if you made you couldn't prevent from being loud? And I think mine would be a sneeze. Um, so, yeah, you guys think about what that would be for you guys. Anyways, keep being awesome and have a nice day. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I love Angelica. She's here in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, she went and saw... Quiet Place 2 at Kiggins like the night after we did. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And she repped our shirts while going there. And yeah. she she tagged us on Instagram like a fucking true fan, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, even though uh, she's wrong about this. You know what? I'll tell you what, Angelica. Here, here, here's what we'll do. You go ahead and have yourself a child. All right? Go ahead and have a child. Tell me how it feels. You're going to be like, oh, it hurt a lot. Um, and then, then we'll fucking we'll set up a bear trap for you, you step in it and then you tell us how that feels and then you try not to scream through both of them and then we can compare otherwise until that happens we can have no actual consensus on the truthiness of whether or not the bear trap is a is a more brutal 
So yeah, Ouch. let's let's just put a call out to our listeners. If there's any women that have both experienced childbirth and <laughs> stepping in a bear trap, <laughs> let <laughs> us know. Let's just put an end to this discussion once and for all. Yeah, let's just put a nail in this coffin here. Um, <laughs> but her question of what's the sound that you wouldn't be able to control the loudness of? That's when I come. <laughs> oh, that's what was happening in the bathroom that one time. Yep. Um, yeah, see, I feel like... My voice is going to be shot today. Yeah, we've been record. We were we recorded a bunch of hotline and advice podcasts. Oh, really? This. Okay. My voice is already going. Um, yeah, I don't know. See, that's the thing I I have with my wife is like she cannot control her sneezes or coughs. Mm. It's just full volume every time. Like, what's yours? I don't think I, I think I can always control. It's always situational for me. It's probably if I stepped in a bear trap, I would stand there. Like, you know, Sob- someone that's not loud. It's probably sobbing into your pillow. Like, <laughs> I wish I was as right as David was. Hi, it's Taylor S. from California. I'm listening to your Quiet Place 2 podcast right now. And I'm hearing all these people call in about Invincible, saying that you guys should watch it. <laughs> if you've seen The Boys, you, you, you've seen Invincible. It's, it's not that much different. Like, it's basically an animated boys minus all the sex. So, mm. I mean, if you have the time, go ahead and watch it. But if if you don't want to waste your fucking time, then, then I wouldn't. Also, I would like to say I am a huge Saw fan, and Spiral is shit. Mm. Highly would not recommend. Okay, thanks. Bye. I didn't catch that last part. What was that? She said she's a huge Saw fan and Spiral is shit. Yeah. She's not a fan. Yeah, we have had some people calling in being like, you need to watch Invincible. You need to watch Invincible. And, uh, and, uh, I think it's mostly one person, isn't it? Well, it's hard to know. They've, I think, I think it may be a band of people. Uh, yeah. Group of- well, I mean, it's damning because they, they specifically said it's not like, it's not like the boys at all. And then. She's yeah, saying Taylor's it's exactly story. like yeah. the boys, which yeah. I Ugh. gathered immediately. Okay, last caller. Last caller. Thanks for your call, Taylor. My wife's calling. Hey, guys. This is Amber from Wisconsin. Um, calling to talk about the conjuring the devil made. <laughs> oh, no. Just- Fuck. They're all calling from the Death Star. Much well, that's it. Well, that's it. Sorry, Amber. Sorry, Amber? Amber. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Amber. Um. Don't yeah. Call. Leave the leave the message on the Facebook group so we can actually hear what you're going to say. Tatooine. It, Tatooine has much better service mm-hmm. for future reference. So that is two hours worth of horror movie talk. I think we can move on. <laughs> would like to uh, continue the party, of course. Join us at Facebook, um, at our Facebook group. Uh, special thanks to Dustin for doing our artwork and for all of the callers that called in. And Please, night channels. And night channels. Use code HMT at checkout to get 13% off. Please just go to nightchannels.com and, and browse. Um, also, please share with a friend. Let's not you know, undercut that at all. Go to our website, horrormovietalk.com. 
look at our shop. If you're going to buy anything on Amazon, click through the button in the, the banner of horrormovietalk.com and we'll get a little taste of that. Um, you know, we're begging for money because, you know, this is not... It's not a uh, not, not easy. Yeah. It's it's a lot of it is a lot of work and it, That's the thing like I I get frustrated now especially as, you know, quote unquote creator. I see these like viral videos of like <laughs> look at this bitch on Twitter. She's she's like so entitled because she's saying that they should give her money. She, there's this this streamer that was like I mean, if you're watching me like you have two bucks. Just give me two bucks. If you don't have two bucks, you shouldn't be watching me. You should be finding a job. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like, it's a little... Crass. Crass, but she's not wrong. You know? She's doing it as a... Trying to do it as a living. And if you're entertained, entertainment is worth... Entertainment has value. Yeah. So, that's all we're saying. I hope I think there's many people that think that what we do has value and we appreciate those that put their money where their mouth is. Well, but like I said, you know, if you don't have two cents to rub together, that's fine, too. Uh, You can still help us. You can still share us with a friend. um, Right. I mean, we we feel I feel like a little dirty asking for for money. But I mean, when you think about it, five bucks a month is nothing. Dude, I, I I mean, yeah, it's it's. People, people, look, if you got a conscience, you got a conscience. If you don't, you don't. That's all I'm going to fucking say. Okay. Now is our viral moment. Um, thanks again to everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted casts, skinny and fat? Look no further. Horror movie talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pop done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner, rum, soup, kiss. Bryce Hansen, look at them hot kids, Chris Henson, masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist, face huggers, chest bursters, alien, Linda Blair, Pino, Sigourney Weaver, I know it's true cause it came from social media, Patrick Bateman can't understand you, stab you to death for rotten apple reviews, opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy, bad gastritis, knee colostomy, turn Patreons into human centipedes, David Doobie Day, scare him, no, no expert, a global fucks hard, professional sex expert, afterpods, taglines, and porno flicks, American Psycho, them guys pretty sick, chopper chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco, put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso, Train addict, addict Dave doesn't 
give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle, machines tickle bitties. Portland, Oregon, and organs, Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona, Green River Killer, because reasons, hallway of poop monster kids screaming, ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary, 30 days shutter and jump scares, ain't fucking scary, time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes, use their white socks to catch their loads, to show one titty, pretty, Paganism, you should worship. They Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty the ass, stay spooky. Poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Horror movie talk. Hold on, they don't like Halloween. Fuck them.